Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hey, it's Linda Mariano and Brooke Boney and this is the Dream Club. Each week we look at the stars and we join them together to make (laughs) constellations of the most important moments in culture. (gasps) This week we're going to talk about Kendall Jenner's recent, most recent out-of-touch campaign for her tequila brand. You'll hear about Prince and whether you can separate the art from the artist. We finally come up with the conclusive (laughs) answer. (laughs) And we're going to talk about something that's really close to my heart, Reconciliation Week. As always, we love hearing from you beautiful dreamers and we've actually just found out that someone who we love actually loves us right back. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Nonstop Tom Gleason. Tom Gleason, the Tom Gleason said, I'm loving the podcast. I'm afraid that me enjoying the podcast so much that I want to comment on Instagram is actually chuggy. It, it might be chuggy, Tom, but you know what? Who cares? You're chugaful. You're, you're, you're chugaful. <laughs> Can we call you Uncle Chuggy? <laughs> yeah, we're calling uh, Tom Gleason comic extraordinaire Uncle Chuggy from now on. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's another Uncle Chuggy who's hit us up. Treat. You sent us uh, a little DM on at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram, and you said that you live in a town called Chugan. You say Chuggy has its own town where I live. Some people might even mispronounce it as Tuggin. It's spelled T-U-G-U-N. It's near the Gold Coast. <laughs> well, some people love Tuggin. Some people love Chuggy. I love both. I love Tuggin and, and being Chuggy. <laughs> anyway, we love your support of Chuggin It Out treat. Keep sending them through, dreamers. We absolutely love it. Let's get into it. Club. Okay, so over the weekend, some pretty serious allegations were levelled at one of the greatest artists of all time. Sinead O'Connor, big, huge singer in the early 90s, had a couple of really incredible songs and um, she said that Prince was abusive. She said that he became quite threatening physically. She said that he can pack a punch. A few blows were exchanged on this one night in particular um, that all she could do is spit and she spat on him quite a bit. The awful thing about this is that it's not the first time that we've heard it. Um, She also made the allegations in her biography. Um, She's also said it in interviews dating back to 2007. She also says that she's not the only one who he was abusive towards, that one of his backup dancers or backup singers or something suffered a broken rib at his hands. So the origin of their whole biff and their relationship was that in the early 90s when Sinead O'Connor was coming onto the scene, Prince wrote the song that ended up really breaking her and bringing her into the global spectrum, which is Nothing Compares to You. So it forced Linda and I to beg the question, can you listen to his music? Can you separate him from that music and and not think of him? I mean, can I play his songs to my nieces and nephews, which I do, and not think about the fact that these accusations have been levelled at him? And keeping in mind as well that he's dead, so he can't exactly defend himself. Mm. This is huge. Unless he comes back as a ghost and tells us, Prince, if you're in the room. Where's my Ouija board? No, (laughs) I'm actually scared of that stuff. Are you? We shouldn't even. Did you do Ouija boards when you were like 14, 15? No, because I was too scared. Everyone did them. It was a rite of passage. I know, but I I didn't didn't want to. I watched The Craft. That's enough. Okay. It's about those tips. (laughs) 
This is a really huge topic and it's something that I've thought about and spoken about a fair bit because we're in a line of work where, you know, I've been lucky enough to make programming decisions about what artists to champion, what music to champion, how we speak about lyrics, how you can or maybe should separate art from the artist or if that's the wrong thing to do entirely. Can you play the music of Prince? Can you enjoy it? Can you play it to your nephews and nieces with abandon and enjoy it for what it is? I think that music is a physical thing that has a level of like empathy or compassion that I don't think that you're going to be able to help that you enjoy. Should we be kind of cancelling these artists or taking them off Spotify or not championing them in in ways where they're financially endorsed, et cetera, I think maybe that's where the line is drawn. Like if you're a gatekeeper, if you're someone that's programming radio or booking festivals, there are going to be people who I guess you can morally be happier about putting on a pedestal Mm. than maybe someone else that exists that makes you feel a little bit icky. It's it's really hard. Can I make a confession right yeah. now um, to you? I haven't engaged in the Mia Farrow, Woody Allen stuff as mm. much as what I probably would like to or should because I love Woody Allen movies so much and I know that he's problematic, but I love them. And so I intentionally haven't exposed my brain, exposed mm. myself to the ideas because I don't want to know about it so mm. I can just enjoy them. But, you know, then, I don't know, I was watching Michael Jackson film clips the other day. You know, I love watching film clips so much. It's my hobby. Um, And I couldn't stop thinking about how creepy he was. And these are like the later ones, like You're Off My World. Like it's it's way after Thriller. You know, I'm talking about um, They Don't Really Care About Us, You Rock My World. Like some of the the later ones where, you know, we sort of knew about some of the behaviour by then. I think that it's good that you feel weird about enjoying or seeking that out because I think it is about that kind of passive versus active consumption. If you're kind of just passively consuming music or art, unaware of or not caring about the context from which it's come, like we don't consume stuff in a vacuum. Like the music that you listen to, there's a reason that they put the artist's name next to the song. It's because they want you to know the story of that person. Mm. So you kind of take all of that into account when you love an artist. So I think it's okay for you to feel icky about that, but I also think that we don't need to beat ourselves up if you want to indulge in your personal time. But, yeah, if you're making, if you're a person that's making decisions about, I want to splash this person over, you know, the arches of the Sydney Opera House as part of Vivid, then you should be conscious of the sort of person that you're putting up there and whether or not they're a role model that you want mm. people seeing and being influenced by. But if I want to dance around the living room with my little nephew to I Would Die For You, then that's probably okay. That's probably okay. In the privacy of our own home. So there you go. We've absolutely and conclusively solved um, that whole mystery. You know, can you separate the art from the artist? The answer is, mm, I don't know. I don't know. You can. Should you? I don't know. Hey, Brooke, you know that I'm a massive fan of keeping up with the Kardashians. And a huge fan of tequila. And I definitely keep up with all of them, including all of their new brands, all of their new companies, all the new things that they're putting out. And Kendall Jenner, the 25-year-old, announced back in February that she was releasing a tequila 
brand. Now, keep in mind, she is someone that is an international model, such a star in the scene. She was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians since she was 12 years old and now is a tequila honcho. She's launched the tequila brand this week. It's, <laughs> what is it called? It's called 818, which is named after the postcode that mm-hmm. the Kardashians live in. And she put out alongside the launch of this, she put out a huge party in LA with all of her celebrity friends attending, people like Justin Bieber, Travis Scott, Katy Perry, all the who's who's. And she also put out some divine advertisements alongside the tequila launch, which was her basically embracing a bit of what people are calling migrant chic. So this is where it gets a bit problematic, right? Because these are beautiful photos. Incredible. Wouldn't be out of place in Vogue. She's wearing a little crop top. She's got like a cool flannel on, like a a hat, a cowboy hat, and she's walking alongside a horse. Sort of reminiscent of... um, you know, what you would see in the Mexican highlands if you were riding a horse around there and you looked really, really chic. The Where the problems begin, though, is that there's been this huge debate in the US about Mexican migration to the US, this huge debate, um, which has caused, like, lots and lots of people to travel really long distances as part of these caravans to try to get into the country. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't see Kendall Jenner, like, sticking up for any of them at the time. Do you recall that? She probably gave someone a can of Pepsi and all was right with the world. Oh, that's probably how she solved it. Mm. This is also the problem, right, is that Kendall has this history where she engages with these really complex and big discussions in a way that is really, really superficial. So you might remember a few years ago she did a Pepsi commercial and her way of solving rioting and and race relations was to walk to the centre of a big protest and just hand out some Pepsi. Oh, I, I wish hand we pe- knew this. Yeah, she handed oh pe- a can of Pepsi to a police officer amongst a kind of street protest, and that was the way of bringing peace. So just it wasn't during the Black Lives Matter stuff. It was slightly, I think it was a few months before, maybe like yeah. a year before or something. So she's not that bad. Um, you know, we're not trying to say that she was like that ignorant as to do something like that. But it's still problematic. And the reason that I think uh, it is irksome for so many people is that she represents so much privilege. Mm. Firstly, they're incredibly wealthy. They are so beautiful. They have access to literally anything that they want in the entire world. And so for her to keep dipping her um, toe into, to use your expression, oh yeah, to dip her toe into these really big ideas and uh, try to simplify them or dumb them down or sterilise them in some way, it's actually just a bit offensive. Yeah, that to dip the toe, to dip the privileged toe, to selectively like dip it into a culture and then use that as this really strong commodity where you are benefiting. Like, is stuff going back to the communities? I don't know. She's definitely not advertising that side of it, but what she is advertising is glorious photos of her amongst the Mexican community and then bringing what they're making back to a really privileged outcome of celebrities at a party. It doesn't read well. It just, it's it's yeah. another kind of moment where you sit back and go, this feels tone deaf because I think it is. Read the room. This is not the time for you to be championing yourself in this way. I'm not sure that it will 
at any point soon be the time for you to be championing yourself in this way. The worst thing about it is that you know that they're just going to be sitting at home and we've all seen it, like, and they're mm. keeping up with the Kardashian clips. And she's just going to be like, oh, no, people are attacking me. I'm just going to restrict comments and it'll all blow over. I'll just stay home for a few days. Like, that's all they have to do. It doesn't yeah. hurt them. It puts, like, people back who work in this space all the time. It takes money from people like artisans or people from those communities, cheapens their culture and whatnot, and it'll just, for her, blow over. Yuck. Also, I did sarcastically, please understand that I was being sarcastic when I said that I was a Keeping Up With The Kardashians fan. And that you're a tequila fan. And that well. I'm a tequila fan. <laughs> but you know, Makes me gag. Okay, so if I, same, <laughs> when people oh, are like, really tequila makes me shots, and I'm like, oh, I, just I can't pretend. do it. Do you know what I do? I just pour it on the floor. I used to pour it into a sink too. Oh, I just will put it next to my foot. If I'm like outside <laughs> or if I'm like somewhere, like if I'm inside, then I'll just pour it into another cup because I can't keep up with people drinking. You can't keep up keep up with the... Kardashians. <laughs> and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. So today, um, the day that we release this podcast is Sorry Day and it kicks off the beginning of National Reconciliation Week, which is supposed to be a time for all Australians to learn about our shared histories, cultures, achievements and to explore how each of us can contribute to achieving reconciliation in Australia, whatever that means. I think it's important to market this year because it's a year on from all of the turmoil that we saw in the US with the Black Lives Matter protests, all of the turmoil that we saw here in Australia with the release of some pretty horrifying footage from police, um, you know, uh, doing things to young Aboriginal teenagers and then the deaths in custody protests and marches as well. Um, I think the world has shifted in a pretty big way in the last year. I don't know what that means, um, you know, where we'll end up or where we'll land. You know, even just this week, we saw that The Bachelorette Australia cast its first mm. um, a person of colour, so Brooke Blurton, who's not only an Aboriginal woman, but she's bisexual as well. So, you know, that wouldn't have happened a few years ago. So I think that we are sort of changing a little bit. But the thing that I find really frustrating is that Every year around um, Reconciliation Week, always the onus is put on mm. Aboriginal people to come to the table and to, to express how they feel about things and get people to try to care about us. And particularly on Sorry Day, you know, I always see these comments that are like, oh, I'm not sorry, I didn't do it, or um, things like, you know, we've said sorry, now move on. And so I thought it might be helpful to you if I explained the way that some of these things have affected me as a Gamilaroi woman so that if this week people come to you and, or you hear someone saying something like this, then you've got a little bit more ammunition in your artillery um, and you can say, actually, this is how it impacts people. This is why it's important that we commemorate this day so that it never, ever happens again. So my uh, grandparents grew up on missions just outside of um, Inverell, um, so Tumala and Ashford. And um, my grandfather tells me that some of his earliest memories um, when he was little are of him and his aunties and cousins running for their lives when they would see a car kick up the dust on the road out to the missions. So the missions were set up because 
they were the only places that Aboriginal people were allowed to live. We weren't allowed to live in towns. We weren't even allowed into town during daylight hours, which is pretty extraordinary to think about how far we've come since then. When the people would get out to the towns, people would hide, people would try to shelter their children because they knew that they weren't taking their children away to go and give them better lives somewhere as domestic servants or to educate them or to place them with white families. These children were taken away from their families and they were told that nobody loved them. They were scared. They were hungry. They were cold. They were abused in the worst possible ways. And the effects of those things don't stop with those small children. They are they contribute to this thing called intergenerational trauma, which might be something you've heard before. So when you see all of these statistics around, um, you know, the close the gap targets, around our uh, poor life expectancy, around health outcomes, educational outcomes, um, those sorts of things, they can all be traced back to these sorts of decisions by our governments of past years to do these things to Aboriginal people. The Stolen Generations was a really, really big one because it was a deliberate campaign to try to um, sanitise or try, try to make Aboriginal kids whiter, try to save them. Um, what it did was it had the reverse effect and it decimated culture. People were terrified to speak their own languages. People were terrified to hand down lessons and, and stories that had been around for tens of thousands of years. So Sorry Day isn't just about saying sorry about some things that happened a long time ago. It's about recognising that in the past, we've been a part of doing some really awful things that have led to some pretty ordinary circumstances in this country. So if you hear someone say something like that this week, you can send them on over to Dream Club. You can send them over to the Reconciliation website. You can say, hey, don't say that. My friend Brooke told me this story and then tell them that story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, little Brookie. Oh, Wolfie. And that's the tip of the iceberg, you know? It is the tip of the iceberg. I think as well, like Reconciliation Week is so complicated because there Mm. are a lot of black people who don't want to reconcile. There are a lot of people who say, actually stop making us do all of the work. Mm. And, you know, one of the things that really broke me last year was seeing this report out of the ANU saying that this huge number of um, Australian people just don't like Aboriginal people. And it's for no reason, you know, it's just that their first impression or the way that they think of them before they know them. So prejudice means that you have this idea that you just don't like someone. It's complicated and I can understand both sides because I am very, very hopeful and I think yeah. that we um, progress is happening. It's really slow and it's frustrating and it hurts. It still causes a lot of pain in communities. But we can't give up hope because without it, there's sort of no point. Mm. Dream Club. Granny Smith, apples are the superior apple. I don't know what is giving you that impression, but I can name at least three apple types and I'm going to do it. Bravo apples. Cansy apples. Fuji apples. Better than Granny Smith. Try to hang out your washing straight after you do it. Don't leave it in Fresh veggies in a tea towel and pop them in the vegetable drawer. It'll help them last longer. It's so good. Tamari almonds aren't actually that healthy, but they're very yummy. Everything in moderation.
strain. So, Lindy, you know I've been running again, which I'm so happy about. Yeah. And I've figured out why I'm enjoying it so much more now than what I ever have in the past. No, it's not because I'm fitter, because I'm definitely not. No, it's not because my joints don't hurt, because they definitely hurt because I'm old and crusty. (laughs) It's just what happens. My friend says that you have to push through it. Mm, Yeah, no, I'm happy to push through it. The reason that I'm enjoying it so much, though, is because I'm not um, tracking it. So in the past when I've run, I've been like wearing a watch that tracks how many steps I've done, how quickly I can do a kilometre, how long I've been out for. But now I'm just out there listening to great music, running when I feel like running, walking when I feel like walking. Now I can run nearly the whole circuit that I do, um, even though I started off a bit patchy, and it doesn't really feel like a chore. It actually feels like a lot of fun. And I know that's like, oh, if you do the washing up but you listen to your favourite song, it's cool. It's not like that. I'm just not putting any pressure on myself. <laughs> what was the washing up thing? <laughs> you know when they're like, oh, if you do something unpleasant, do something pleasant oh, while you do it. Like, I um, see. If you have to scrub, scrub a toilet, then oh, like, do okay. some positive like, memory things oh as well. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> Maybe it's, I enjoy scrubbing the toilet. I like to put on my favourite perfume while I scrub the toilet, <laughs> you know, just so I feel good while I'm doing it. No, it's not that. It's that I just am actually enjoying it for the feeling of it like being really mindful and I think I'm getting good results but the thing is is that I'll never ever know hell yeah that's so good though because I'm not being competitive yeah because you know I get too competitive sometimes but that's like what we do these days we like compete and we compete with productivity not even in the public eye it's not like you're posting that you're doing runs but it's like within ourselves that we're not doing well enough pushing yourself further, trying to level up, trying to like improve or like this endless sort of cycle of being better than you were yesterday or whatever. Nah, put it in the bin. Go away. That little inner critic that's running alongside me, push yourself off. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. Get in the dumb little bin, you little bin bag with a dumb sports bra. Hey, my dream club update this week is that I have started taking on... Habit stacking for the first time. Well, I'm just, I like calling it that now, but it was because you know how a couple of weeks ago I said that I really needed to get back into reading again. And I thank the absolute glorious angels on the Dream Club's Instagram account who have been recommending some wonderful books to me. So I've been reading every day and a friend of mine said, hey, Lindy, here's a little sweet tip for you. If you feel like in your day you don't have enough time to carve out these extra minutes in order to read your book, but you still want to make sure that you get your book done, then do a little habit stack where you'll stack one habit onto a pre-existing habit and then you'll be able to get it all done in one go. Get a more of a multitask happening, but a healthy multitask, not too much. Uh, so now when I used to drink my coffee for like five to ten minutes in the morning and have a mindless scroll through Instagram. Now I drink my coffee in the morning and I have to read. No phones allowed, bitch. Put that damn phone away. Put that dumb little phone away with its dumb little sports bra running alongside (laughs) me. Chuck it in the bin. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back next Wednesday. And until then, join our Dream Club. Follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram with all of your fart emojis. Please, and poo ones too. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And leave us a chuggy review, please. Chuggier the better. Tag us in a pic. Show us where you're listening from. And most importantly, go and tell your friends. 
I'm wobbling in the wind. <laughs> Sneeze on that tequila. Linda <laughs> is the greatest, honest of all time. In my opinion. Listener.